Welcome to the Crypto Yams Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I'm your host, The Baked Potato. And today I'll be joined by my good friend, J Trades Crypto, as he's well known as on his YouTube channel. Welcome, Jay. Hey, what's up, buddy? Happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. Uh, today we're going to be talking about this slight push and decline below $20,000 once more and what we can kind of expect to see from the rest of the week. Let's get right into it. So as we spoke about on Monday, um, not a whole ton of a lot has changed from that talk and prediction. We have projected off of that key level 21522 In the short term, we are looking to see either if we form a higher low converging wave in those medium term timeframes, or if we're going to push below, potentially checking into the levels that we wicked to over last weekend, uh, as low as 17,500. And regardless of results in that format there, if we were to get the higher low here at around 19,500, um, so a little bit lower than we are now and and or closer to 19 as long as it's a higher low and we start to turn back up the four hour TC's back up. I'd be looking at that as a converging wave higher low to then push us through the market structure level of 21,7500, whatever, um, to then go and test into that next level between 23 and 25 somewhere within that region. Um, and obviously, if we don't see the converging wave confirm and we get rejected again or, you know, whatever happens in between that, we push lower. We do create a secondary bullish divergence at around 17 or 17.5. Um, that would also still be bullish in the overall. It would seem that our momentum and our money flow is still curvaturing back up. So we're trying to establish this level as a midterm maybe potentially midterm macro bottom. The short term is just taking us for a little bit of a ride, it would seem. Yeah, I mean, you know, you fall so much. Like we really, this last run, all in all, started <laughs> essentially 65K. And I mean, we really haven't seen much blowback. Other, Well, maybe like 48, I guess. 48 was the next best level to be shorting. And from that level, you really haven't had much return. You know, we do have this, well, we wicked down to 25, we came all the way back to 32. But if you're not looking with wick, I mean, it only came down to around 28 and then back to 32. Still a decent recovery, but obviously, you know, dead cat bounce, lower high, broke through support, crashed into the next level. Are we about to do the same? If we can't get back through 22, we'll find a plateau. We'll start losing volume and momentum, and then we will reject and crash from that level. That's the least likely opinion option, in my opinion, but it's definitely still in the on the back burner. We need to be aware that that can happen still, knowing that our weekly, our monthly, our six month and our daily are still all bearish, even though the daily has been giving us signs of trying to turn back up and become bullish again. It has not done so. So we need to, you know, we take these these uh, bullish ideas with a grain of salt until things are confirmed. We have the divs, a nice early warning sign of reversal to the upside, but they need confirmation to work out. Um, ETH being in the same boat, except its level 
uh, needs to really hold above $1,000, maybe 950 in order to get a converging wave. And it would seem that we're much closer on Ethereum than we are on BTC. Looking for a higher low, somewhere around a thousand bucks would be mint. Wicking below would be okay as long as we close and stick around a thousand bucks. You know, we'd be looking for that inverted head and shoulders, that higher low, that converging wave for the divergence in these medium terms, just as we are on BTC. And we'd be more than likely looking to change market structure, which is bearish at 1200 right now. Hopefully turn that into a bullish structure for a thousand. And then we can start working our way back towards these FIB levels. Key level resistance coming in at about, I believe it's 1450 at the moment, depending on what time we hit it at. It's good to have those levels in your mind before we start heading there, knowing that you're potentially going to be taking profit off your starting long entries if you have them. If we confirm the converging wave, that's a great place to be adding back in, obviously into your starter positions, waiting for daily to triple confirm before going into a full 3% position, not financial advice. So that's pretty well the gist of it right now. We're still gonna deal with consolidation here. We're probably gonna continue lower in the shorter term until we have a more concrete either converging wave or breaking converging wave and working towards a secondary divergence. Um, the only time that this all goes to shit and these ideas get thrown out the window and we turn down completely is when the daily reconfirms back down and invalidates the four hour bullish divergence stuff. There is still a daily bullish divergence, but because it's not, it has not TC'd up, um, it has not confirmed that divergence. So we potentially could just see continuation before it gets a chance to actually TC. You know, they might they might really put us on the tightrope here, just as close to <laughs> those levels as we can and then turn right back up. But that's that's more of a wild card scenario, in my opinion. Man, I've been talking for what feels like forever. Jay, Jay, my man. Hey, man, you got good information to, you know, spread spread to the people, you know, so happy to always happy to gobble up everything you have to say there. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think uh, I think you're 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 on it pretty good there with, you know, how the divergences are stacking up a little bit here. And a lot of uh, a lot of analysts are talking about it. You, know, you see articles about could this be the bottom, you know, and you'll see a mixed bag of people saying, yeah, of course. And then you'll see, no, of course not, you know, because everyone has information that they can they can use to, you know, uh, agree with their opinion. But it seems like there's a lot of information that disagrees with just about any opinion as well. Right. So what do you follow? Um, that's the beauty. Does it go up or down? <laughs> hey, where's price going? Well, it's going to the right. I know that. But, you know, maybe up, maybe down. I don't know. And uh, that little rally we had, I mean, just to put in some perspective for people that, you know, they see these prices and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's so low. And like, well, yeah, I mean, crypto did kind of just fall off on its face. Right. But to put some perspective here, Ethereum hit eight hundred and eighty dollars on Coinbase as a low there. Eight hundred eighty. I mean, it rallied thirty five percent to almost twelve hundred, you know, so like. That's a pretty good rally. Um, and I think what's happening here is a lot of people are seeing this rally and they're they're saying, oh, my gosh, this is it. Yeah, yeah. But that's usually what happens in bear markets, right, is sell the rally, right? You know, and 35 percent is 
that's that's a pretty typical bear market rally, wouldn't you say? Well, it's it's a pretty typical bull market rally and bear market rally. 30% kind of that magical, you know, works with the 618 level stuff uh, mm-hmm. number. And it makes me question a lot of, uh, you know, people saying, well, you know, okay, good. We're going up from here. Those that just bought at like 1150 Ethereum, you know, sorry. But I mean, um, we might continue up from here. I, I see I see some uh, possibilities, not just Ethereum, but I, I can't help but look at it and see that, you know, pump there. Couple key spots for me with Bitcoin, really. I'm looking at the uh, daily close that we had at just uh, eighteen nine, pretty much eighteen thousand nine hundred. I think that'll be interesting, uh, as well as our like four hour like range low coincides pretty good there at like nineteen thousand one hundred. I think if we close a four hour candle, and I'm talking regular candles um, here, but if we close a four hour candle below nineteen one. Then I think we're just going to retest the lows at like 17.5 and then more than likely get a small bounce back up to like 19 again before continuing down. That would be my thought. And then maybe we just add more divergence to the higher time frames by doing that. Mm-hmm. We had a range high here on the four hour at about 21.5 and we tried to get through it three times on a four hour basis. So we tried for 12 straight hours and eventually it said, nope. And then we even retested what was support during all of that. And we already retested it at resistance. And now we're below 20,000. It's starting to feel a little like, you know, if, if we hold, if we come down, if we hold 20,000, okay. Um, you know, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen here, though. Not yet. I think we have a little bit of room to go down first and work out those higher time frames before getting that larger move up. If we're going to get it back up to like... I think there's a there's a chance for a rally back up to like 29, really, and revisit those summer lows as a resistance. That would make a lot of sense on a market structure basis. And it would also make people probably start to be bullish again. Right. And that's the whole premise on knocking price down. How can price go down a ton right now without a bunch, you know, people being bullish again? Right. You got to squeeze those longs. My thought here, though, is we have and if you're looking at my screen, I know if you're on the podcast that uh, you're probably like, yeah, I have no idea what we're talking about. But I'll describe a little bit. So we have a major pivot point at about just under 23,000. It depends on what chart um, you're using, like what exchange. Uh, But we have a 382 Fibonacci retracement tool pivot there. It's it's very important spot. And we've seen reactions there. On the way down on the four hour, we held it as support once before inevitably turning it into resistance three times. Um, and down from there. So that is ultimately a place to look if we get a greater rally. Just my two cents on it, really, if we're going to get a greater rally is to look right around 23,000 and see what's see what's happening with price. If you uh, if you do technical analysis and you know what divergences are, look for bearish and divergences, you know, look for volume decreasing, things like that. If that's happening, then maybe that's a good sign that the rally is starting to end a little bit. And then look to maybe change your positions a little bit. That would be my suggestion because I think that's going to be a key sticking spot here and we might stick under it for a little while longer here. But otherwise, you know, if if we hold above like 19,000, then I think that's a good reason for us to go back up there. So pretty much it's like if we hold 19,000 on like a four hour basis, then probably end up heading up to about 23,000. That would be my thought. 
if we don't hold 19,000, then I think we're going to come back and revisit the lows at like 17 something. Maybe get a small bounce back up to 19 or so before rejecting there and then proceeding down to maybe like 16 something. We'll see. Uh, obviously, you know, it, that's how it always is. It's the we'll see. We could go up or down, you know, where is it going? But I think right now it, the best thing to do is really to just have your main pivot points and go from there and play the range. And the range high right now is 23,000. Well, if we even get above 21.5, really 21.5 is the current range. We break above that, then 23 would be our next level. So I will add a little bit more, a little bit more here. Um, a couple of things in particular I did point out in the Discord group is pretty important here, actually, is the quarterly chart. This is something that's never talked about, the three month. Wow, this is funny. I'm looking at this chart and I see a bar pattern I put on here and I think we just played it out. But... Uh, the quarterly candle closes in eight days, and that's pretty important. And we have about, let's see, about 19.6 is our previous all-time high that we're trying to hold right now on the quarterly. But below that, we've got about 14,000, about 11,000, about 6,500, and then about 38.50 below. So there's, I mean, it's... it. What goes up quickly can come down quickly, right? Um, and we have one gigantic candle on the quarterly pretty much from October 2020 through the pretty much Q4. Q4 of 2020, that's when we had the mania phase uh, on the original run-up, right, for this last bull run. So, you know, we have that massive candle. Eh, and what goes up can come down quickly, you know, and if we were to you know, reverse that entire candle, it would bring us back down to around $11,000. So that would be interesting if we do get down there before some sort of like retracement, major bounce, something. You you would think we'd get something here. But, you know, so far, you know, like you said, 48,000 is pretty much what we were given. You, uh, you take what you're given, right? And if you aren't given the choice, you got to take the best entry you can. Oh, sorry about that, Willow. I didn't even know you uh, literally put in the chat previous meeting about the quarterly. Yeah, it's uh, it's annoying being bearish on a regular basis. I've been bearish for over like six months. People like told me to stop being bearish because they're tired of hearing bearish news. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, if the market is bearish, I'm bearish. It's pretty simple. Well, unless it's, you know, obvious, like complete FUD storm. It's at the bottom getting signs. OK, you might flip your sentiment based on analysis. But like, yeah, like if, if like you said, yeah, never listen to other people. Exactly. Unless they can teach you something. Yeah. Most people want you to agree with their assessment and their analysis because it just gives them confirmation bias and their own opinions and their own analysis. Right. And they want you to agree with them uh, because then it gives them more confidence in their own decision making. And in the end, you know, stick stick with what you believe in. And if and if you think something in particular and you have some facts to back it up then you just got to stay the course, you know, and don't sway the course unless you're giving some sort of like factual evidence that says you are way off base and you're a crazy person. Meta set to begin testing NFTs on Instagram stories with Spark AR. Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, bear market is going to show a lot of it. Yeah, like we've heard, it's all about the innovation. Um, the companies and projects that are innovating are going to stand out and survive and grow in the companies and projects that were just copycats born out of a bull market and into a bull market. And they pump just because they're in a bull market. 
Those are the ones that are being eviscerated from the planet, pretty much, it seems like. Commander Whitloff, I don't know too much about how that uh, that indicator works. You just, uh, was it like the, I don't know, the G channel, Gawkin channel or something like that? I forget how it's said. Gaussian channel, yeah. Um, and the fact that we're in the red now is interesting. Um, I'm not sure exactly how to read it, so I don't really have much of an opinion, but I can assume being above or below is very specific. And if the slope is angled to the upper downside, I'm guessing is what changes it. But like the logarithmic growth curve has proven not to hold now at this point. Um, it did for a while, you know, in, in the bull market. But at this point, it's pretty invalid. Yeah, it's amazing how many models and indicators are being proven, you know, wrong at this point, because, you know, all models are made to break at some point, pretty much. It's just when. And one other crucial thing, actually, I did want to point out is the the 300 weekly. So we actually closed this last weekly candle below the 200 weekly SMA, uh, and that's up at 22.5 right now. So we closed our weekly candle at 20,600 below the 200 weekly SMA. Like we really haven't done that much ever. Like we barely did during the March 2020 dump. So kind of interesting. Uh, and then the 300 weekly is just shy of 17,000 right now. Just to give some perspective, and the 300 weekly is where we bounced when we capitulated in March of 2020 under like 3,800. The 300 weekly is where we bounced. Interesting thing with Bitcoin dominance. One more little tidbit here too. Okay, I just noticed actually where we bounced. This is cool. I had this red line here for like an eternity on the uh, dominance chart, and it uh, it almost touched it. Dang, I thought I had it. This is starting to look like a uh, resistance, you know, support flip. At this point, I don't really like uh, if I'm just looking at this as like a bull I, on dominance here. I mean, we're holding the low on Bitcoin dominance. We did plunge pretty good. We came down almost 5%. Um, and it's interesting how many people have talked about the dominance is supposed to be going up when we're coming down. And in general, it has been pumping. I mean, it, it, it is putting in higher highs and higher lows. Um, so until that trend changes, you know, tell me otherwise. But it's amazing how much money is going into stable coins, and that's where so much of the Bitcoin dominance is disappearing from. And also some interesting tidbits about people needing liquidity. And one of the first things they do is people hold, like Bitcoin has liquidity, Ethereum has liquidity. And when people need money, what is one of the first things to go? And that's risk on assets. And I think at this point, people are starting to need money more than ever. So they're liquidating what they own, which is Bitcoin and Ethereum, if anything, the, you know, the average crypto investor. So I think that's a big reason as well why Bitcoin has taken even more of a hit is because there's so much more liquidity in it and people need the cash, I guess, you know, um, that would that would be my thought about it. Plus, the stable coins taking way more of a position of the market that weren't, you know, so dom that weren't so dominant in the last bear market, you know, nowhere near. I'm reading what you put there, uh, Commander. Interesting. Yeah, I think this giant climb up, even look at the volume. It's funny looking at the volume candles on your charts there, especially like the, uh, the the second one you posted there. We had low volume for so much of the bull run in the stock market. You know, it was just fueled by, oh, I got a $1,400 check. I'm putting it in the market. You know, it's like just any way people could throw money in it. Not necessarily like companies innovating and whatnot. I mean, yeah, they were obviously, but like, not the same, right? It was just so artificially inflated in so many ways. And now we're getting much more volume on the way down than on the way up. It's uh, kind of funny looking at that, seeing the yellow candles compared to the light blue lowest volume ones on the way up.
It tells me that this is picking up pace a little bit. Yeah, it does make sense that less people, there's less volume at the top because less people are interested in buying stocks when they're that high. I do get that. But even for so much of the run-up, even when it wasn't crazy high at the, at the peak of it, you know, there's a lot of blue white candles. Just maybe steady growth and then the capitulation, you know, it's obviously starting to pick up some speed here. You can see that we're actually accelerating to the downside a little bit. There's some curvature going on. Uh, Ethereum, I am very apprehensive of. My two cents, of course, it's, this is just like my opinion, like always, right? Um, but I'm pretty apprehensive of Ethereum. I think it has farther down to go than people expect, just looking at the ETH BTC valuation chart. Like there's a chance we find maybe like a little local low here since we are retesting previous resistance right now as we speak and seeing if we hold it as support. But in general, I'm a, I don't know. I, th I think Ethereum Bitcoin has farther to go down. What does that turn into? You know, if Bitcoin comes down to like, God, let's say Bitcoin comes down to like $12,000. I bet Ethereum is at, God, you know, 500 something. You know, go get like a $590 Ethereum. Wouldn't that just be wild? Yeah, 690. I like that. That's where you should just buy it anyways, you know, just to, just to have your, your limit price be there. And if anyone says, when did you buy Ethereum when it goes to like $12,000 eventually? Not financial advice. Oh, I bought it at $690, you know, six, nine with a zero, you know, it's closest I could get. Yeah. The TCC, uh, AVAX valuation is, has been holding up quite nicely. Yeah. I had that crazy run up. It makes sense that there was some profits taken. Um, but at the same time, it's still holding up quite nicely. Well above a penny at this point, even when AVAX fell all the way down now to $16 and it's still holding well over a penny. So yeah, I mean, it's honestly still performing a lot of things. Yeah. Um, let's quickly talk about the huge update that Jonas has put out in the last day. Uh, if you guys haven't read, starting on the 27th of June, the exchange of the pothead world is only going to be accessible for people with a pothead, essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have discussed multiple ideas and issues regarding the current free-to-earn system, and we want to explain that uh, the team debated and why we decided to go that route. Um, the TC Economy channel in the Crypto Yams Discord is free to earn in the Discord. And now the game room was created to prepare the community for our upcoming products, no matter if that is the trading bot or the upcoming Pothead World game in the Discord. Um, it was never planned to be an unlimited thing. The ongoing development of the Pothead World will offer still all the benefits and we currently have. But the TC team decided that the Pothead World is only sustainable for the project in the community if we build a limited and planable structure. So essentially, like I said, you are going to need a pothead in order to essentially do uh, withdrawals other than within the system. Okay, again, there's a whole update that you guys are going to have to read if you haven't yet. It's in the TCC updates. It's also in the triple confirmed updates. If you scroll up a little bit, um, it's all there. It's all very clear on what Needs to happen if you already own a t, you know, a pothead, whether that's silver or gold or whatever. You'll just, you know, life will continue as it was. But essentially, we're trying to de-incentivize people from coming in, not planning on using, you know, the game and the bot, and just running amok, you know, selling whatever they earn. Mm -hmm. I like, I, I like it. We think that's very fair because everyone who's part of the community, you know, who's using the system, like wants a pothead. Right. 
you know so i agree 100 percent. the fact that the free to earn it's it's understanding that free to earn is there to help um those that are involved early like this uh then this is giving them an opportunity to get the resources that they need um for free you know not so much free to earn so that way you can just create sell pressure and just dump it you know like that's it's not the premise of it right so I, I like this plan, this this idea, or uh, the the, or should I say, the update? You know, because it makes a lot of sense. Free to earn isn't there just to like, you know, honestly, you can obviously, but to just earn it and sell it, right? It's there to help prep you for, you know, what is to come. So right, if we're giving away, let's say, free napkins at a restaurant, and you decide to make a business out of stealing free napkins and selling them, you know, <laughs> right. That's what we're trying to avoid here. So hopefully that makes sense. Guys, again, it's all there for you. It's very transparent. We're not trying to, you know, punish you guys at all in any way or form. This is just a very a fair way of going forward. And it makes sure, again, that we're sustainable long into the future, that we don't just have people sucking out our liquidity. So yes, 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 yes. Jay, do you have anything else update-wise that you wanted to go into? I think you pretty much. I don't think so at this point. I think I, uh, I, I spewed enough. Yeah. Uh, en- enough at the, at the people. Um, but pretty much to recap, my levels I'm looking for are like keeping a four hour close above 19. If we close below that, I'm expecting to revisit somewhere around the lows, probably in the 17 range, um, before probably bouncing back up to about 19, and then continuing down to 16 or so. If we do hold 19 then I think there's a pretty good chance we make a run up to around 23,000. Probably see some resistance around there uh, and then inevitably see if we form another higher low and continue up and we might work our way back up to about 25. But I think I think there's it's might be difficult to get past that 23,000 spot. More than likely, we're going to form some hidden bearish and regular bearish divergences. Um, we'll just see what the higher time frames are doing at that point. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. We can start to see already the hourly is trying to position itself with a divergence here, potentially TC back up um, and start to try to confirm this four hour converging wave, which I mean, the money flow overall on the four hour still looks fine. We look healthy in that regard. And if we were to confirm converging wave, then yeah, absolutely. We'd be probably the first step would be 22. If we break through 22, we need to test in 23. If we can get a retest of that or change our market structure because our fib lines are already restructured to the upside on the four hour. Yeah, then definitely. Yeah. 23 to 25 being our first key level in the midterm, more of a macro or sorry, a, a you know, a short term top, but midterm uh, resistance, nothing crazy until we start getting closer to 28 to 30. Once we start getting 28 to 30, then we start to run into some more midterm resistance stuff, macro resistance stuff, right? As you said, the the, the lows of the summer, you know, being our major once now uh, was support, now acting as major resistance. And we need to either reconfirm that as resistance or, you know, figure it out from there. So, yeah, I think we're on pretty well the same page, bouncing around here and potentially as high as 23, 25. Um, potentially going back down still to 19 or 17. 
could go up or down. We could go up or down. I know, but it's always with a structure. Right. There's key there are key points to make note of in the end. So the the numbers really do have quite a bit of value. Exactly. And as long as you know what you're looking for and you know the levels of which of where you could go, you have a better understanding than 90% of the people in the market because they just don't know. They throw their hands up in the air. It could go up or down. I don't know. I don't know what to look for. That's telling me it's going up or down. Yada, yada, yada. Those are the things you need to look out for. We appreciate the heck out of you guys for taking the time to listen today. If you're a brand new podcast listener, definitely, definitely check out our website, tripleconfirmation.com. Check out the discords, both the Crypto Yams and the Triple Confirmation Discord. For all the fine details, you'll find us in there almost all day long, every day. So if you guys want to ask questions, bring up things about the podcast or join the groups, all of that is welcome to you. All right. Have yourself a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.